You are listening to the Fresh Focus Podcast, where VA dietitian nutritionists are serving up health and wellness information for veterans and their families. In addition to being in clinic, chatting over the phone, or using Video Connect, we are increasing your access with this podcast, sharing bites of information from your dietitians when it's convenient for you. As the season changes, it can bring new life to our meals and cooking methods. In this series, we are boosting your barbecue with bold flavors and fresh ingredients. Although there may be an empty seat at the picnic table, representing veterans who are no longer able to speak their voice, we remember them as we enjoy warmer weather, sunshine, and summer eats. Hi everyone, I'm Lauren, one of your Marion VA dietitian nutritionists. In our last episode, we discussed herbs in great detail why they are great for your health, great for flavor, and how you can start growing them at home. Well, today we are going to continue with that same topic of growing your own foods at home, but instead we're going to focus on fruits and vegetables. Before we talk about how and what to grow, let's get started with recapping why fruits and vegetables are so important for our health. Eating a diet rich in vegetables and whole fruits have countless health benefits, These plants are packed with vitamins and minerals that our bodies need on a daily basis. They contain large amounts of fiber, which are excellent for our GI health, weight loss, lowering cholesterol, and improving blood sugars, just to name a few. Fruits and vegetables pack a lot of punch with their micronutrition as well. The more color you eat, the better. Each color of vegetable represents a different phytonutrient. A phytonutrient is a broad term for compounds that are produced in plants that are beneficial for our health. So for example, the red color of tomatoes, strawberries, and beets is called lycopene. And lycopene protects your body against free radicals, which can ultimately help prevent cancer, heart disease, and lung disease. Blues and purples, such as blueberries and blackberries, contain anthocyanins, which slow aging and help with heart health. Lutein, which is found in greens, can help prevent macular degeneration, and allicin, which is found in white plants like onions and cauliflower, have anti-tumor properties. It's so beneficial to literally eat the rainbow of colors, and in terms of gardening, to grow a rainbow of produce. Humans have been eating and growing plants for thousands of years. When you think about your diet, how many plants are you currently eating on a daily basis? Literally stop and think, what have you had in the last 24 hours that's a plant? And more specifically, how many unprocessed fruits and vegetables are you eating on a typical daily basis? In our culture of processed food and the standard American diet, it's not unheard of for people to go days before getting a single unprocessed vegetable or a whole fruit in their diet. Compare that to how humans have been eating for literally the past thousands of years, and it's no wonder chronic disease is so prevalent today. Over time, humans have started to lose touch with how and where their food is grown and processed. Many children may not know what a tomato or pepper plant looks like, even though those may have been staples in family gardens 50 years ago. During today's episode, I really want to challenge you to think about your own relationship to food and food production and to consider whether gardening is something you could give a try. Even if you aren't a huge lover of fruits and vegetables, I promise you there is something magical and flavorful about food that you grow yourself. You might just find the more you grow, the healthier you eat. 
Gardening as a hobby and a pastime can provide your family with healthful and cost-saving food options. You don't need to be an expert gardener or have any experience to start. About five years ago, I had never kept a plant alive for longer than a couple of months, and that's the truth. But I knew I wanted to start learning how to grow my own food. Today, I have a back patio with tomatoes, peppers, blackberries and strawberries, and all kinds of herbs that I'm able to prune and use in my cooking. Each year, I add a couple new plants to my garden experience and learn a few more tricks that I didn't know the previous year. The beauty of gardening is learning as you go and learning from experience. So today we're going to talk about how to get you started in gardening with fruit and vegetables and things to consider when making your gardening plan. First, I want to encourage you to think about why you want to garden or why you think gardening might be a good idea to try at some point. It may be because of health benefits of growing your own food, or it may be knowing the sources of where your food is coming from. It may be to help reduce your overall food budget, or it may be that you're bored and you're just looking for a new hobby. Knowing the why you want to start gardening will help you stick to your plan in the long run. Next, I want you to think about what kind of garden would best suit your living situation. Do you have a backyard where you can put a garden in the ground? Or will you need to have a container garden that you can keep on a back porch or patio? Maybe you want to try a raised garden bed. Or maybe you don't have good options for outdoor space and are planning to focus on a few pots to keep indoors near sunny windows. All of these are very doable options. It's important to have a short-term and long-term plan for your gardening space before you start. I personally recommend starting with a few key plants during your first season and then growing your variety of plants each year. A couple of things to note about the type of garden you choose. First, if you're choosing an in-ground garden, make sure to check your soil type to see if it's topsoil mostly or clay or sand. Topsoil is going to be the best quality and it kind of resembles a crumbly chocolate cake. If you have mainly clay or sand, you might need to supplement your soil with some purchased compost or topsoil to make the quality better for growing. It's important to till or to turn the land either by hand or using a tiller at the beginning of your growing season. To keep this cost effective, you may consider borrowing or renting a tiller if you don't have one. And don't be afraid to ask friends or family if they have any equipment that you might be able to borrow. If you're going to use raised beds, you will likely need a load of compost or topsoil to fill the beds and get started. This may be costly up front, but you will be able to reuse this soil if treated and taken care of year after year. And finally, container gardens are a good place to start for beginners as it lets you test out a few plants in controlled areas without investing in raised beds or ground garden. I personally started with containers and still use containers for some plants. Be creative with choosing a growing container as it doesn't necessarily have to be a pot you buy at the store. For example, my tomato plants are currently growing in an old wash tub that I poked holes in the bottom of. It didn't cost any money, just the time of poking the holes in the bottom. You will need to purchase some soil for your containers, and depending on how many you're planning to start with, buying potting soil at the store may be the most cost-effective option, or buying bulk compost or sharing bulk compost with a friend may be the better way to go. When choosing your type of garden, keep in mind that plants need sunlight, water, and nutrients. When picking your spots, make sure the plants have adequate sunlight for full sun, which is six hours or more, 
part shade, which is three to six hours of sunlight, or full shade, which is less than three hours of sun. You will also have to keep plants watered. Containers and raised beds will need more frequent watering than in-ground gardens, which tend to hold water in the soil a little bit better. Plants will need nutrition as well, which is why the soil components are so important. After you decide on the type of garden you would like to try, either in-ground, containers, or raised beds, make a list of plants that you would like to start with. I recommend choosing plants that you would eat or cook with regularly and will use. For example, tomatoes are always a great option to start with because they are so versatile and they're hardy plants, and they can be used by themselves or as a main ingredient to make salsa, spaghetti sauce, ketchup, chili, all kinds of things. However, if you don't like tomatoes, then don't pick that plant. Maybe you really like zucchini, and you know you would use that frequently throughout the summer. That would be a great starter for you. Common starter plants that I've always been told are tomatoes, peppers, zucchini, and squash because they're easy to grow and they're very hardy. Personally, I started with a couple tomato plants in containers and a blackberry plant in my landscaped garden bed. I knew I would use the tomatoes and I do love blackberries. I had also done some research and knew that the blackberry plants would not produce the first year and it would take another year or two to start producing, so I wanted to make sure to have that plant in the ground and going early on. Keep in mind that many vegetables and berries can be grown in smaller containers or garden spaces, but many fruits are grown on trees and will need to be planted in the ground. Starting with an apple tree if you don't have outdoor space to plant it isn't really a realistic option. Once you choose what plants you would like, see if those plants are compatible with the type of garden you plan to have. Most plants can grow in containers and raised beds just fine. It may be beneficial to borrow a gardening book from the library or utilize the internet to verify growing methods. Some plants you may prefer to section off in a raised bed or a container due to their ability to take over the gardening space. For example, cucumbers are notorious for this. They can take over other plants in the garden because they tend to spread as they grow. A way to combat this is to grow cucumbers on a trellis, which can save space and allow them to grow up instead of covering the whole gardening space. Obviously, every plant is different and has different growing recommendations, which is why it is so important to plan ahead and research what plants you want to start with. Another tip is to talk to your friends and family members who may have gardening experience. These individuals contain a wealth of knowledge from experience and can share information on which plants are good starter plants and which plants are difficult to grow. Don't be afraid to ask questions as this is how you learn. Once you have developed a plan of the type of garden you would like to have and the plants you would like to grow, it's time to get started. You might have to purchase some basic supplies and seeds, but be creative about what supplies you use. Gardening can get expensive, but it does not have to be. I repeat, it does not have to be expensive. For example, my main expense for gardening are plants and soil. I've been able to use containers I already have around the house, and I've been able to reduce the cost of soil by sharing a bulk load of compost with a friend instead of buying individual bags from the store. This past year, I purchased my plants already started at the store, which was a little more expensive, but to save money on plants, you can be more cost-effective by starting your plants from seeds and then saving your seeds for next season. Each year you garden, the cost becomes less as you are able to build off last year's supplies and plants. 
Remember that fruits and vegetables are perennial plants, meaning that they come back every year. If you are able to dry and save seeds from your produce of your plants one year, you can start your plants from those seeds for the next year. For example, if you remove the seeds from the pumpkin, dry them, store them until next summer, you will be able to start new pumpkin plants with those seeds. I would recommend using heirloom seeds when possible as these will produce vegetables and fruits that have reliable seeds to use for the following growing season. If this is your first time starting out, you might want to start with just buying a few starter plants at the store and plan to use seeds the following season. Keep in mind that there are many growing seasons throughout the year as well. Some plants do best in early spring, some in summer, some in fall, and even some in winter. Be sure to check your climate zone and pick planting and growing times appropriately. Most local stores and plant nurseries sell starter plants around the time that they should be planted into containers or in the ground. As you experiment with your first gardening season, don't be discouraged if you have some mishaps along the way. Remember that gardening is a learning experience and will take time to master. The more time you take to care for your plants, typically the better they do. The more experience you gain, the better gardener you will be. Next, I'm going to turn the episode over to my grandparents, who are some of the best gardeners I know. I had the chance to interview my Grandma Janice, my Grandma Carol, and my Grandpa Roger to discuss their years of knowledge in gardening with you. So let's get started. One question is, what are good starter vegetable plants, especially for beginners, and easy to grow? And I know that um, tomatoes, of course, first thing that comes to mind. Uh, Green peppers, red peppers, they're really pretty easy to grow. But squash, if you like squash, uh, zucchini squash or yellow squash, it is very easy to grow and you need quite a bit of space though because it vines around a lot and you've got to keep your eye on it because uh, you'll go out and it looks like it's not quite ready to pick and then voila, you'll go out a few days later and it's huge. So um, you've got to keep your eye on that squash. I think another one that's easy to grow is pumpkin, but pumpkin again is, you need lots of space. Um, because the pumpkin vines are big, the pumpkin leaves are big, and they vine a long way, and the results in the fall are just magnificent when you grow your own pumpkins. It's just, you're just so excited to see these pumpkins. Don't start them too early, though. Uh, Our mistake was starting them too early, like in the early spring or like right now in June, and uh, here our pumpkins were orange already by the end of August. Well, who wants a pumpkin in August? So you've got to start them around 4th of July. So what vegetables and fruits are you currently growing? I've got apples, pears, and cherries, and some plums. Uh, no nectarines this year. And always what you basically start with, your tomatoes, your peppers, and your onions, your basics. What are the basics that someone needs to start gardening? Tomato plants, your onions, your peppers. If you don't want to start with seeds, then go to a local store or gardening shop and buy your plants already grown. It's going to cost you a lot more. But if you do seeds, then it's just going to cost you the uh, package of seeds, and you can start those in about March. You can use egg cartons or anything with some dirt in them and get your starts that way. It depends which way 
how much money you need to spend or save. What is your easiest fruit plant to grow? Your easiest fruit trees that, in my opinion, produce right away are your cherries, your pears, and I know uh, strawberries on a tree, they produce year after year and they have their runners, so you can reproduce a lot of plants in a very short amount of time. Apples are okay. The peach, the cherry, and the uh, pear trees produce right away. Do you need cross-pollination with your trees? On your tree, when you buy it, make sure you read the tag to see if it needs, like your cherry tree. One year I had all sweet cherries and they never produced year after year. But then I found out you had to plant a sour cherry, a pie cherry tree, and then they started producing like crazy. You can also garden twice. You start your garden, usually most people, April, depending on the weather, if there's too much rain. And then a lot of people redo all their lettuces and, and uh, fall crops like uh, cabbage and that in August. So they have a second garden. What would be those first plants again that you start at the beginning? At the very beginning, you always want to do your onions, your peppers, and your tomatoes. And then your fruit trees, your pear, your cherry, and mainly peach. And your strawberries and blackberries, they will produce forever. Make sure you keep them trimmed, any branches on your blackberries and that. Once they produce at the end of the season, you cut those off so your new starters are already on there. But yes. And what are some of those August plants that you would start then? In August, people will do uh, cabbage. They'll restart. I didn't even think about green beans. They will replant green beans. And I like the bush type because they're very good producers. And like I said, once that you picked all the green beans you want, you let the beans on there totally dry out on the plant, and there's your seeds for next year. Which plants were the hardest to to produce? Uh, asparagus was my hardest one to get growing, but I'll tell you what, watching uh, the ones that look like little cabbages, Brussels sprouts, those plants get so big, and you can see all the little cabbage heads under the leaves, but you don't pick them, and they actually stay on there till into winter. And when the leaves start falling off, then you know your little cabbages, your little Brussels sprouts are ready. Oh, and one tip I forgot to tell you, if you want to know if tomato seeds are good before you dry them, you take a jar of water, you dump all your tomato seeds into that jar of water. The ones that float to the top are no good. So skim those off, throw them away, and then dry and use the ones in the bottom of the jar. What's your favorite thing to grow? I like growing sweet potatoes and I like growing tomatoes because you can see the results and they're kind of large and green beans and things like that are peas. We used to have a lot of peas in our garden because mom would can peas and green beans we would sit down all around and cut the green beans and she'd blanch them and then she'd cook them and then put them in jars and that's how we would survive through the winter. In conclusion, thanks for sitting in on the interviews and conversations I had with my grandparents. I hope you gained some tips and knowledge that you can use this summer. Happy gardening.